What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Thoughts by the Good Day. The podcast. Hope everybody's having a great day right now when you're listening to this, man. Um, news for the week. Got an interview again coming up Wednesday, as always. I'm starting, I think I'm going to start calling that What You Doing Wednesday because I like to get with people to have things, different things going on and, you know, just, just having a moment to talk to them, pick their brain a little bit. Um, So Wednesday I have uh, Samantha, who, if you've been following the show for a while, she was in the early days she comes on. She's a seamstress, she's a blogger, and uh, we had a good conversation about vibrators. So make sure that y'all come back Wednesday and check that joint out. Now, today I want to talk a little bit about um, age. What is it? not age? I'm about to say Adrian Bronner. What's his name? Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I want to talk about that whole situation? Somebody asked me, "What did I think about the Antonio Brown situation?" So let's go. Let's just not waste any time and get on into it, man. Uh, I need a drink right quick first, though. Oh. But, okay, so, if you're not familiar, Antonio Brown is an American football player. Had to put that American football out there because I know y'all out there listening in Spain. Thank you. So, he's an American football player. He was playing. He was playing with the Steelers. So, he started kicking up a uh, ruckus. He wanted a trade. One of his desired locations was uh, New England. Now, of course, Pittsburgh didn't want to trade him to New England because New England is one of their rivals. They ended up trading him to Oakland to the Raiders. So, he acted real excited about being with the Raiders. Um, you know, he had, he had started doing some wild stuff. He dyed his hair. Like, I think he had, like, blue in his hair and his and a blonde mustache and all that. So when he got to Oakland, he switched it up a little bit. Was talking about how excited he was to be there. But then it was just a rash of just, just shenanigans. He gets frostbite on his feet from some cryogenic treatment that he takes. He... Uh, start making a fuss about his helmet. The NFL has new helmet standards that are supposed to be safer for the players, but he didn't want to wear the helmet. He wanted to wear his old helmet. Making a fuss for that. He was holding out. He never went to camp. Uh, I think his deal was for like 30. He had like, he had like 30 million guaranteed dollars uh, for that deal. So he's just wilding out, wilding out, wilding out. Then boom, he gets released from the uh, Raiders. Who picks him up same day that he gets released? New England, the Pats, with Tom Brady, one of the GOATs. So, let's look at the transition. Because I say Brown won in this. 
he goes from the Steelers, a competitive team, to Oakland. Oakland wasn't going to do nothing. I'm sorry if you're an Oakland fan and you're listening. Oakland's not going to do nothing. Oakland's not in the running for any championships. So he goes from the Steelers, competitive team, to Oakland, to the Patriots. Now, we know the Patriots have a chance at winning the Super Bowl every year. Every year. I've seen uh, people since during the whole duration of all this going on, especially particularly over this over the weekend, where people were uh, talking about everything that was going on with him. I've seen people as much as saying that they hope he gets a career in the injury. They hope he tears his MCL and his ACL. All of this type of hate. That's real hate. Like you need to get that hate out of your heart. If you feel that way, I don't care. Well, I can't say, I'm not going to lie and say I don't care what somebody's done to you. But we're talking about football, we're talking about the sport. This man hasn't physically or financially done anything to any of you guys out there, you sports fans. So you shouldn't be wishing that the man gets hurt, physical injury, he can't play no more, lose his career because he made some moves and acted in a way that you don't approve. But he won at the end of the day. So now I'm looking at it and I'm like, boom. You know what? This whole thing, this whole thing was plotted and planned from the beginning. We thought hey, we thought AB was going crazy. I definitely thought he had, you know, CTE because um, you know, he got knocked out during one game and it was pretty much since that time period that his behavior started to change. So at one point I thought he maybe he had some type of CTE that was affecting his emotions and his personality. I don't think that no more. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I wholeheartedly believe this was the plot the whole time. He showed his ass in Pittsburgh to get out of, get released from Pittsburgh to make them uh, trade him. Then he gets to Oakland, shows his ass in Oakland to get them to release him. He lost that $30 million, uh guaranteed because he didn't make it past game one, but that was part of the plan. He was never locked in in the first place, and he got to the team that he wanted to play with in the first, with, in the first place. And now he will be competing for a championship this season. Because the Patriots are always in the running. You you all know the Patriots are always in the running. They're always in the conversation when you're talking about Super Bowls. So he gets to play with Brady now. Do I have a problem with it? Not at the least. I might hurt some people's feelings. The Peppermint Committee is probably full-fledged turning me off at this point. But it's cool. Because I left the one and like when you look up at the jump, when you look at my page and it says warning, opinions inside, this is <laughs> these are those opinions. <laughs> was it goofy as hell the way he did it? Yes. Yes it was. Do I understand why he do it that way? Yes. Yes I do. For years these players have been uh, at the mercy, NBA, NFL, MLB, 
these players have been at the mercy of owners and the league manipulating and, and pushing them back and forth wherever they want to be, whenever they want them to be there. If you remember, if you think about back last year, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a basketball player who was traded during a basketball game. He was literally on the court playing for one team and had already been traded to another team during the freaking game. He's out there playing, and they're making decisions about his life in the midst of the game. You understand what I'm saying? The, these NFL teams have historically not wanted to pay people based on positions that they play. Zeke just said he had to sit out for the longest to get what he was due. You know what I mean? Being a high production back in the NFL, but backs are undervalued in the NFL because somebody someday said that, you know, this is how what the NFL running back is worth. And the NFL has been running with that ever since. They don't like to spend a lot of money on running backs. They don't like to spend a lot of money on receivers. You know, quarterbacks get it, get it good. But either way, like, I am, I'm actually, I'm not going to say I'm proud, but I'm happy that uh, professional athletes at this point are starting to take more control over their life and over their careers. Uh, Andrew Luck recently retired, 29. Was he 29, 29 years old, something like that? Oh, worth over $100 million, and he decides it's time to sit down. Dude had lacerated kidneys, had all types of injuries, and people still held it against him. People still booed him for retiring, for taking his own personal health into consideration about uh, whether he was going to keep playing or not. They booed him. They booed him. They, man, I had somebody say to me, Oh, yeah, I can feel for the season ticket holders. Screw them season ticket holders, man. We're talking about a man and his physical health, right? If I was at work and I kept, you know, and I kept hurting myself at work, for whatever reason, the job, well, the job that I'm doing causes me pain day in, day out. And I quit that job. I retired from that job. Nobody would care. But because we feel like we own these people, see, that's what it is, the harsh reality that you're going to have to come to face with. We feel like we own these people. We feel like these people owe us something because we support them, because we buy their merchandise, we buy their jerseys, we buy tickets to the game, we, you know, subscribe to different services that allow us to watch as much of them as we can, and we follow them on Instagram, and we get their memorabilia's and we feel like they owe us something. I'm going to be the one to break it to you, brothers and sisters. They don't owe you nothing. Got to take care of your star player, and your star player is and always will be yourself. Just now I was scrolling through social media, Facebook to be exact. Shout out to Shop Shots. He does that on his podcast. <laughs> That's all popped in my head as I cracked that. Never mind. But either way, um, I saw where one guy, he says, 
that if the NFL keeps giving in to these whiny divas, that it is going to become just like the NBA, a joke. And that's why he'll stick to his college football, which is laughable. Because college football has been a joke for a long time <laughs> as well. Let's not overlook or act like colleges aren't persuading some of these athletes to come to their school, you know, through their gifting and so on and so forth. You know, it just so happened, the kid just so happens to meet a rich friend, you know, in high school. And then, you know, that person can uh, still give them gifts as they go through uh, college, you know. But it's, it's not like people, it kills me when people try to act like college football is like the purest form of football that it is. That's a lot of shady stuff going on in that uh, college arena too. But man, as far as football, I had a sucky football weekend. Both my teams lost. The uh, Washington Redskins took the L. The Miami Hurricanes took the L. Not too disappointed with the Hurricanes, just for the fact that this is kind of like a rebuilding year. Even though you don't really get rebuilding years in college, it's a win at all costs, yearly type situation. But, you know, we got a lot of freshmen on the team, so I, my, I wasn't too butthurt. I didn't watch either of the games, man. I was, uh, what was I doing? I was hanging out with my buddy during the, uh, during the, Redskins. No, I was hanging out with my buddy during the Miami game, and then I was pretty much asleep during the Redskins game. I was tired. We hung out. Well, we didn't hung out, hang out late, but when I came home, I didn't go to sleep, so I was up till probably 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, and, you know, I was sipping and, and feeling good, but then that next day, man, that next day, look up. Man, I don't bounce back like I did when I, <laughs> a couple of years ago. You know, probably I'm 38 now. So um, I'm thinking back on, you know, 35, 36. I could hang out all night. I remember it was times we'd go to the club and get home probably 3, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I still pop up, go to work, be fine. Now at 38, bro. I, I'm up late on a normal basis, but you add into, well, usually when I'm up late, I'm still kind of relaxing, kind of lounging, but when you add into it, drinking, being active and moving around, and then being up late, man, after that, I needed like a whole day to recuperate. My stomach felt funny the whole day. It was a hangover, but it wasn't really a, a hangover. See, I knew what the problem was. I didn't, I only ate once uh i only ate one saturday i do have this thing that i do where sometimes i only eat one meal a day um i'll do intermittent fasting fast from like my last meal in the in the evening until around noon the next day so it'd be like from i'll probably stop eating around 9 30 10 o'clock i won't eat anything else till probably around noon the next day so on this particular on that particular day I'd only eaten once and I left the house and I was thinking to myself, you know, what am I gonna eat? But see, I went over there because 
he had a cookout. Well, he didn't have a cookout. He grilled some food. So that was the intention of getting there. But then getting there, and we're talking, and we're drinking, and we're having a good time. And I completely forgot to eat the whole time because nobody else ate. So I didn't eat because nobody else ate. Everybody was just chilling, having a good time. So I get home. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I haven't eaten anything. But I'm not sick. I don't, you know, I wasn't. See, that's the effect when you're drinking good, when you're drinking good liquor. It, it usually doesn't make you sick like that cheap stuff here. But shout out to the people that drink cheap liquor. It's not wrong with it. Do what's in your tax bracket. But anyway, so I got home. And the whole time I'm thinking I hadn't made anything. So I didn't wake up feeling sick or anything. My stomach was just thrown off because I hadn't put anything in it. So, you know, as I, as through the day, as I ate, I started to feel better. And, but I was just extremely tired. I was extremely sleepy. So I got my rest in. You got to get your rest in, people. That's something I learned with old age that, you know, I used to work out like a year, a year ago, maybe two years ago. I used to work out five, six days a week. But at the same time, I wasn't staying up late like that on a regular basis but i you know i work out five six days a week and then i'd always notice that like i might go on a vacation or something take a week off two weeks off and from working out and during that time period i started to see the gains you know i started to see development you know i started to see changes in my body and I have realized at some point that it was due to the fact that I was actually resting, that my body was having time to recuperate and regenerate. Your body starts to learn how to deal with what you've been doing to it. But that's range. That's a, in, in every, in every. I'm gonna ask Coach Econ about that. Coach Econ, fitness expert, uh, author of book Naked and Blessed. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him about that because every fitness routine that I see has sleep in it. You know, the, the keys to losing weight, the keys to building muscle. There's always some sleep involved in there, you know, getting a, a proper amount of sleep. But the proper amount of sleep varies from person to person. Everybody, you know, somebody may be perfectly fine with sleep five hours and some the next person may need 10 hours of sleep. You know what I mean? Everybody needs different amounts of rest. I'm usually good with about five hours of sleep, but I'll run on that till the weekend. Then on the weekend, I'll probably get a good, good six, seven, eight hours, you know, on the weekend. But y'all didn't come here to listen to that, did you? Y'all came here for some discipline. Relax. I'm gonna give it to you. So, uh, in reference to the A B situation, there was discipline in that too. At some point, at some time in your life, you'll look at the situation that you're in. It may not be the best situation for you, or it may just not be a situation that you like. It may not be the situation that you want to be in. You have to have the discipline to change that by any means necessary. I know there's a lot of people out there that are mad. There's a lot of people that hate the way that he did it, but when it comes push comes to shove you got and you're looking at trying to get to where you want to be sometimes you're gonna you're gonna have to take the 
the less favorable route, the route that isn't as pretty, that isn't as clean for everybody involved as another route. But sometimes that's just what you have to do. You got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, people. Now, for all these people talking about morals and this and that, I understand that and I respect that. But at the same time, you got to understand that these, that in business, period, there's dirty plays. There's dirty plays. I don't care if you work at McDonald's. I don't care if you work at Kohl's. I don't care if you work at Publix, Fortune 500 companies, lawyers' offices, hospitals. There's always dirty plays in the mix. And usually, the dirty play does not benefit the employee. In other words, businesses, corporations, entities are going to do what's in their best interest. Period. Period. So, at some point as a person and looking out for you and, and your best interest, sometimes you're going to have to be the one to initiate the dirty play yourself to get you to the point where you want to be. Now, relax, Peppermint Committee. I'm not saying that you lie, cheat, and steal by any means to get what you want. But what I'm telling you is that if coming into work and being an asshole is going to get you out of that job that you don't want and get you into the job that you don't want, then maybe you need to be an asshole. Or either you need to not complain about where you are and what's going on in your life. Everybody's not playing fair. And when you, to win a war, you have to be able to adjust and fight the war that the people you're fighting are fighting. If that makes sense, it made, it made perfect sense. You can't win a war fight playing, fighting clean if your opponent's fighting dirty. Sometimes, we hate to hear it, but sometimes you do have to lower yourself a little bit in your tactics. It's all strategy, though. It's not... I'm not telling you to be an asshole. I'm not telling you to be a dick. I'm not telling you to do immoral things to people to get what you want. I'm just saying, at some point, you have to make a conscious decision, a conscious effort to do what is best for you to get what's most important to you. Thank you all for tuning in to the VLDI Thoughts about the VLDI Love and appreciate every last one of y'all that tune in, man. Make sure that you come around Wednesday so you can listen to this conversation with me and Sam. Talking about some vibrators, talking about some pegging, sugar daddies, everything. It's in there, man. Y'all be safe. Peace.